are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me as always is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how's it going today? It's going well. Uh, good show yesterday. Good holiday weekend before that. Draft right around the corner. What can you know? Spring is in the air. That's right. Things are things are heating up. I can't wait to the draft. Matt, we're going to we're going to talk about a tough topic today. And, and honestly, this is one I've kind of been avoiding uh, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, probably probably can't do that anymore as as dynasty players as uh, podcasters covering this. So. We're going to spend this entire show talking about Deshaun Watson and the the situation that he finds himself in, uh, and we've got a great guest to do that with. We've got Drew Davenport uh, at Drew FBG Auctions on Twitter, and uh, Drew is is a a great resource for this. Uh, first of all, Drew, how are you doing? Fantastic. For a Monday, couldn't be a lot better. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're we're glad to have you on here. Drew is uh, not only a a uh, dynasty and auction expert uh, working over at Football Guys, but Drew is also a practicing lawyer, criminal defense lawyer, uh, and has. If you follow him on Twitter already, I hope you do. If not, go ahead and change that. But um, if you follow Drew, you've already seen him share a lot of his thoughts about the Deshaun Watson situation and. When I, I was planning this show, I knew, Drew, I knew you were the guy I wanted to get on here to to cover this. You, you've got the football side. You've got the law side of things. So uh, you're, you'll be able to give us a lot of information here. You bet. Thanks, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing that you alluded to at the beginning is that this is a really difficult topic to talk about because this isn't just your ordinary um criminal charge like a dui or something like that like like uh, josh jacobs and melvin gordon we're dealing with we've got a victim and it becomes infinitely more complicated right so and and not only do we have potentially one victim we've got we've got many at least we have many uh Mm -hmm. accusations so Uh, of course, the, the Deshaun Watson offseason has been a bumpy one even before uh, all of this news uh, came to the surface because there were th- the trade rumors. There were the uh, threats or or at least uh, alleged threats to maybe even sit out the season if he wasn't traded. So it was already a wild offseason for Deshaun Watson, and obviously it's gotten much worse. Um We'll get to the football piece and the dynasty piece of that later in the show, but right now we really just want to uh, kind of focus on on what Watson is dealing with here. And, and Drew, this is this is really just going to be in your hands here. At, at this point, we're up to, and, and it's it's almost hard to keep up because it seems like there's more every day. Uh, but I believe we're up to over twenty females who have come to basically accuse him of of some type of. Uh, sexual assault or, you know, some kind of sexual wrongdoing. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's some variation from, from, you know, complainant to complainant uh, on exactly what happened, but um, around sure. the 20 number is what we're looking at. So um, if you would just kind of walk us through uh, like your thoughts on it from the first or second, you know, I could almost say rumor that we heard, 
mm-hmm. to it, it's become more concrete now with a um, I believe the the police are now investigating and there's what's the right terminology that there's an official yeah. complainant. Is that right? Or that's correct. You got the correct terminology. Okay. And that's uh, so your your numbers are right, too. We we're actually at 22 suits as we record the show. There are um, there was one filed on April the 5th, and that would be number 22. There's also a 23rd uh, woman who has uh, leveled some allegations through a Sports Illustrated article. So we've actually got 22 civil suits filed with the Harris County uh, Clerk of Courts that I verified and read all 22 of those suits. And then there's the, the woman who's hanging out there with another allegation who has not hired the same attorney as the other 22 women. So she has said that she may move forward in another capacity as well, but she hasn't decided what she's doing. The main difference here that we're talking about is at first, you know, there were some allegations and some rumors. It became a lot more concrete when the suits started coming in and they've trickled in since the 16th of March till up through uh, Monday the 5th uh, to get us to the 22 number. The important thing is, as you mentioned, it's it continues to escalate, not only because of numbers, because the more the numbers pile on, the more difficult it gets for him to get out from under it. But uh, now it's escalated to the point of a criminal complaint with the Houston Police Department. And I know that that was something that the, the attorney, uh, Tony Busby, had talked about wanting to include Houston PD in this process. But as I found with some things that he said along the way, he kind of jumps the gun a little bit and telegraphs what he's about to do before he does it. So he had indicated last Friday at the end of the week that he was filing another suit or two. Those didn't come in until early in this week. And then on top of that, he had mentioned getting Houston PD involved and they actually uh, came out on Twitter and said, we've heard nothing until recently when they got a complaint. So the important thing to keep in mind here is that a complaint is just that. Uh, I used to work for a prosecutor's office before I was a lawyer, and I was one of the people who took these complaints. And basically what you're doing is you're getting a statement from a victim or alleged victim, and then you're processing that by going through possible witnesses or evidence and seeing whether or not it's worthy of a criminal charge. Now, I did this in misdemeanor court. So somebody would come in and say, hey, my neighbor punched me. Yeah, that was pretty easy to to go through that. This is a much more uh, difficult scenario. So uh, one question I got on Twitter recently was how long does that take? Because I really think the criminal complaint is going to be a major um, turning point in the case. And if it's a felonious accusation, meaning that it has potential felony and prison consequences, it will take longer than normal because you not only have to get the complaint, you have to go through the grand jury and present the evidence to the grand jury before you even get an indictment. That can take months. If it's a misdemeanor type of complaint, that could take less than two weeks or less than a week. It could be pretty quick. But the reason I say that's a major turning point is that these suits have a lot of allegations in them that we we can just read what they're saying he is alleging to have happened, but we don't really know what the evidence is at this point, except for what the plaintiffs say that they have. And so Houston PD will be able to dig into that stuff. And once they see how much is there, they will either decline charges or file charges. That's going to give us a good window into what substance there is in these cases. 
Drew, I'm obviously far, far, far from an expert legally, and, and I, I really am a layman in this conversation, so I'm going to ask some very generic questions. Sure. Um, I would imagine that it's much easier, and I'm not by any means making light of it, that if once two, three women come out, it's probably much easier for the fourth. And once 10, 12 come out, it must be much easier for the 13th or 14th. And 20 is a massive number. And mm -hmm. I'm not defending Deshaun, but I would imagine it's easier for more people to come out once the ball gets rolling. Yeah. And the one thing I always say about this, and I know you guys are aware of it, but for these women, it is an incredibly difficult thing to do. And yeah. it changes their life going forward if if their identity right now they're filing as jane doe in the civil cases so we don't know their identities but once those come out their lives are changed forever so the gravity of that accusation is really really important to keep in mind and it's also important to keep in mind that um, you're absolutely correct as each woman comes forward there is a little bit of a safety in numbers thing and i don't think that that leads us to any necessary uh, necessarily any conclusion about the cases or their validity but it certainly makes his situation more dire the more cases pop up. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Drew. You've already given us some, some great information. I know I have more questions for you. We'll get to those right after this break. Folks, I want to tell you a little bit about Built Bar. Built Bar is a big fan favorite in my household. I've often tell, told you that my, my wife is sort of a chocolate connoisseur, and a lot of these bars that you get, she can't stand the, the fake chocolate on top of it. And it's a big, she, she's totally on, on board with the Built Bar chocolate. And I'm a big fan too. They get you through the day. Uh, they have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, including six new flavors. That's what we're really pumping up here is the caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bricotta, lemon almond cheesecake. I'm a big fan of that one. Carrot cake, apple, call, apple almond crisp, uh, as well as the 12 original flavors. The... Uh, Built Bars are super healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Um, they, they're they relaunching this Built Bar, so you have to you know really pay attention to that, obviously. But they're low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Um, the peanut butter flavor has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Uh, let's pick another one out here. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. Four grams of sugars and net carbs. So, as I mentioned, they are relaunching this. So, while supplies last, there's a free cooler with your purchase. You know, it's only lasts for a week or so. So, we'll see what happens with that. Go to builtbar.com, use our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. So, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Drew, let's get right back into it with the Deshaun Watson talk. Uh, it, it certainly does not sound positive. You, you kind of laid out the timeline that uh, we're basically talking about over a month ago, several weeks ago, this started out as one or two females. And it was in the, um, I, I, like I said, it's probably fair to say rumor stage. In fact, you know, if you were to pay 
too much attention to Twitter. You might have even seen some conspiracy theories that this was mm-hmm. presented. You know, this was uh, created or or uh, managed by the Texans' um, decision makers as as some kind of um, I don't know, some kind of plan to go against Watson mm-hmm. with all this all this trade talk, which. Of course, it's just insulting on on many levels. But um, regardless of that, we went from one or two rumors, then to accusations. And then, uh, of course, where it really started getting serious is with these civil complaints or civil suits. Um, am I correct in that right now we're in around that 20 number of civil suits, but only one criminal? That's correct. 22 civil suits and one criminal complaint. So what is the, why would that happen? Like, why would What's we, the difference? I don't quite r- understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why, a great question. Why wouldn't all 22 file criminal? Or uh, vice yeah. versa. Or, you know, right. Right. Yeah. That's a great question. Well, there's a lot of reasons that people might start out with a civil suit over criminal. And uh, I, I tend to think that a lot of times what, what the people, uh, what the accusers involved are looking for is some sort of acknowledgement from the person they're accusing that there's been some wrongdoing here. So I think a lot of what may have happened may have been behind the scenes and they're not getting anywhere with, with Watson from what I can tell. Now, of course, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from the same open source material the rest of you are, but I can read between the lines a little bit here that I think that probably any uh, attempt they made to have a conversation with him was, was not met with much uh, openness. So they proceeded to go forward with the best way they thought to bring uh, light to the situation, and that would be to stack these civil suits up against him and say, hey, look, you're going to pay somehow. Now, the the one thing that I talk about with criminal versus civil also is that there is a difference in the level of evidence that you need in order to win a civil case versus a criminal case. So a criminal case is because it's a, the loss of liberty is at stake. That's the highest standard and that's called beyond a reasonable doubt and uh in a criminal ca- or excuse me in a civil case it's called preponderance of the evidence and so that just means more more probably than not did it happen so sometimes in these situations there is a difficult problem with the evidence chain and when i say that a lot of people jump on that and say well is that does that mean that she's uh, making this up or there's other motivations and I can't speak to the motivations of, of the women who are uh, coming forward. But what I can say is this, that the lack of evidence does not mean that the accusations are not valid. So you got to be careful in conflating those two ideas. So the problem with filing a criminal charge sometimes is that a prosecutor has to make a charging decision based on whether or not they think they can get a conviction. So a lot of times a prosecutor is going to decline to file charges where there isn't a ton of evidence. These cases have a lot of that built into them because there's nobody else in the room when these things are allegedly occurring. And so all the evidence is circumstantial evidence. And what I mean by that is uh, you're talking about contemporaneous conversations that say a masseuse might have had right after this happened, like texting their mom or their boyfriend or significant other and saying, this is what happened to me. That all is allowed in court, circumstantial evidence is certainly allowed, but it's less persuasive. The problem here is a lot of people watch, you know, CSI or whatever, and they think that evidence all comes in the form of physical evidence. That's not going to be the case in these cases. 
there's going to be almost no physical evidence. Evidence comes in the form of testimony. And so that testimony is really a lot of what's going to be involved here. So I know that's a long way of bringing it around to the bottom line, which is really important, though, that sometimes when a civil case is contemplated, it's a better line to go with the lack of of real um, evidence to dig your teeth into. And that means that criminal charges could be declined or not be as desirable because they just aren't going to come to anything, whereas a civil suit will be a much more fruitful proposition. Like you mentioned, testimony is going to be the key here. We're not going to find uh, DNA and things like that. Like the, the CSI that you brought up was was very prominent. I mean, it was a good way of envisioning it. So will the attorney going against Watson obviously have a much better case with 20 victims versus three, but will mm-hmm. they also look to people that weren't there or were contacted shortly after, like you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and one of the things that's interesting about that is uh, two things I want to point out. These cases won't be tried together. So they're going to be individually tried. So they won't. Now I'd have to brush up on my civil evidence rules, but the audience doesn't really care about that right now. But I I don't think that they're going to be able to pile on evidence in each case of prior acts. So they're just going to have to try these cases in a vacuum with their own evidence. So I think the lawyer's doing a fantastic job, The this Busby guy. And, and I would just caution everybody listening to this. There's been a lot of character assassination of Busby on Twitter. This dude is not an idiot, okay? He's not an ambulance chaser. He knows what he's doing. These suits that he's filing are using a lot of the same language. And I think that's purposeful. I could be wrong, but I think it's pers- purposeful. They're not just cut and, cutting and pasting in these suits, Um because it's easy and because he has a secretary who is lazy, they're cutting and pasting the same language in each of these suits to, to get the public locked in on the type of behavior that they're alleging. So in every one of the suits, they mention the NFL's permissive, um, permissive atmosphere around sexual assault and how the NFL has fostered this atmosphere and about how they thought it was odd that he would come to an outside masseuse when he has the entire Texas organization behind him. So it's that kind of thing that he's put in there that makes me think this is guys, he's a real shrewd operator. And I think that that kind of stuff, it does matter in the court of public opinion, which is where Busby wants to try to, to get this case out there because that's where they, that's what these women are after. They're after this uh, result because they don't want it to happen to anyone else. So they're trying to get the publicity on the cases so that people see, okay, well, it's a similar mode of conduct in all these suits. Maybe this guy does have a problem. Maybe there is an issue here, that kind of thing. My my last thing, I'm sorry, Ryan. My my last thing on that, you mentioned that he he, he went outside the Houston organization. And a lot of people do that. Like James Harrison had an acupuncturist or whatever. But Mm -hmm. You have a specialist usually to take care of your body, which is your greatest asset as an athlete. You don't have 20 some of them. You know, you have one or two right. that you trust that you pay on the side, you know. Right. And there was the number I've seen that they put in the latest suit was that he's used over 50 masseuses over the past year. That's a that's a weird number. And again, I'm not here yeah. to make judgments on the evidence because I don't have all the evidence. But everything's there's a ton of red flags here for Deshaun Watson that I'm looking at. And every time my eyebrows go up a little bit more and the fact that he's used this many. And the other thing that I would put in there is 
he is using these masseuses who are not licensed in massage therapy. Oh, wow. So he's contacting some of these women who are, and they tell him straight up, hey, I'm just an esthetician, you know, somebody who might do a skin peel for you. I'm not a masseuse. And he says, no, no, that's cool. That's cool. I still want to use you. And that's at least three or four of the suits that's been in there. And that's that's a pretty huge red flag. And on top of that, uh, you know, I know there's been some allegation that he's had, he's brought in uh, non-disclosure agreements and tried to have some of these women sign NDAs. Uh, and one of the things that I always talk about is if you're going to sign an NDA, that's great. But any criminal conduct is probably going to nullify an NDA. So I'm not sure that matters a whole lot. So it's just some weird behavior, some red flags for sure. Ooh, not not good. Uh, it sounds like some of what the, the lawyer is doing there, Drew, is, is kind of pitting the NFL against Watson almost, you know, 100%. putting them in a position like if you don't do something, it's on you essentially. Yeah. And I mean, I would think with all the, you know, I mean, we've seen a lot of changes in the world, right? Um, over the past year, as far as, um, you know, between uh, the way the way females are treated, the way certainly uh, other races outside of Caucasians are treated, and um, almost all those changes have been for the positive. But I think that puts the NFL in in a certain position where they have to act on this. Um, when we come back from this break, I want to get your thoughts on what the NFL ultimately does. First, let me tell you guys a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They have even more things besides sports. They have awards, TV shows, reality TV. Uh, football might be over, but you can still play some football bets, futures, draft props, things like that. NBA, um, NHL, they're they're moving along, and we got the playoffs right around the corner on those as well. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Um, use our promo code Locked On, though, all one word, and you'll receive fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Uh, Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and again, it's free to sign up. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you use our promo code Locked On. It's April, and the Locked On NFL Network of Podcast is shifting into draft mode. April 19th through the 26th, tune into the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Michael Lombardi. Stay tuned for more information about where you can find the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Drew, let's let's try to put a bow on on this, you know, this this tough conversation of Deshaun Watson. Uh, you've sounds like you've seen most of the evidence as far as or, or I should say the complaints. I think you mm-hmm. said you'd read every complaint. Is that both civil and criminal? Uh, we don't have access to the criminal one, but I've read okay. all 22 civil suits. Yes. OK, so you you know about as uh, much as much about this as anybody in the the fantasy football space i feel pretty confident saying that oh yeah um what what are your expectations based on what you've seen based on your experience in criminal law and and your experience covering the nfl what do you think happens how does this play out 
Boy, that is one heck of a tough question. And I want <laughs> yeah, to we're not going to hold that. you to it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, Just I would say this. Educated guess, or yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that the what I said earlier, the 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 next big data point is going to be what the Houston Police Department does. If they decide that they're going to file charges, I believe the NFL stands up and takes notice quicker than the civil suits. So civil suits, to be clear, can take a long time. And when I say a long time, they can take you know a couple of years. So I think that the NFL in the past has been hesitant to act without criminal charges and without a resolution of the civil case. So I think that if Houston PD declines charges, then I think Watson's camp has a couple of different ways they can go with it where he might see the field for all of, of 21. And that would be to shift into say mitigation mode, which is sometimes what I tell my clients when, uh, you know, we got a video of them walking out the door with a, a case of beer. Uh, we say, Hey, look, uh, the plea here is not, not guilty. The plea is guilty. And let me work on the judge for sentencing instead. So that's your mitigation. And that's what Watson's camp is going to have to decide sooner or later. But I think that first data point is going to be the criminal, whether or not the charges are accepted or declined. And if they're declined, he can shift into mitigation mode, start trying to settle these cases, and he might make it back on the field in 21. If he, if they file the charges, he's in trouble. And I think that six games would be the minimum I'd expect him to face if they file some sort of felony charge. And I think it could be even worse than that. But so, guys have been suspended even though they have not been charged with a criminal, have mm-hmm. been charged or have been found guilty, correct? Absolutely. And that's yeah. that's sort of a, I don't want to say new, but I would, in the last four to five years, I do think it is a bit of a new tactic the NFL is taking in the wake of the Ray Rice thing, I think. And, you know, that we saw it with Ezekiel Elliott getting dinged. So I think they can. But I think the NFL is going to be loath to act with so many accusers and so many moving parts and 22 open civil suits. I'm not sure they're going to act unless they know something about the criminal charges. I could be wrong about that. But I do think that right now, I just don't know that you can bet on any outcome. There are so many moving parts. And if these civil suits really get in deep, they're going to go through a discovery process where there's going to be depositions and there's going to be all kinds of nasty stuff. You know, there's too many moving parts right now. We're still early in the process. We are very early in the process. So according to um, Sports Edge, formerly Roto World, according to Sports Edge, the they reported that the Houston PD had opened the investigation. So that was Friday evening, last Friday evening, April 2nd. Uh, you talk about the next big point of, of some information coming our way is when we find out if they are uh, filing charges or declining to file charges. What's the timeline on that? Like how long would that typically take? Well, the one thing I point out is that in 20 of the 22 civil suits, there is very low level of what we call criminal conduct, but just some kind of gross stuff, some allegations that may be misdemeanor, maybe not even criminal. But in two of the suits, there is an allegation of felonious conduct, uh, conduct which would be forcing a woman um, to, I believe, forced oral um, was the allegation in two of them. That is felonious. That becomes a longer timeline. So if that's one of the complaints, that could take a couple months. I would 
it's possible that in July, you, you know, they're returning an indictment if that's what happens. But if it's misdemeanor stuff, we could know that in the next week to two weeks. We could know that even before the, the NFL draft. So probably the sooner we learn, if it's if it's sooner, it's better news for Watson, it sounds like. I believe so, yes. Okay. And as the as the police department is going through this investigation, are they talking to these other 22 women, 21 or 22 women, or are they only focused on the one who filed the, the criminal? Let me say they shouldn't be. They should not okay. be talking okay. to these other women because they're not relevant as far as the charges that are alleged to be in front of them. So they should okay. be no. Gotcha. Well, let's shift so, quickly. And this is this super is quick certainly... question for you, Drew. Yes yeah. or yeah. no? Okay. I mean, if you're a GM, Drew, there's no way you can go to your owner and say, I want to trade for Deshaun Watson right now, right? No. However, 100%. yeah. No, I, I wouldn't, but I would say this he's never going to be easier to get a hold of. And I really don't. Mm-hmm. This is there's odd that I'm here. saying this, yeah, out loud because he's there's these 23 women, but I'm not sure that this is a career ender yet. We we have to get further into it. And gosh, you know, he's young. If purely from a football standpoint, I might take a shot at this point. Okay. Because you can really buy low, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's that's exactly what we want to shift and, and wrap up the conversation with today. And and uh, obviously this is not to make light of, of any of the, you know, the serious allegations, uh, but we're still here to, to talk about dynasty football and to figure out uh-huh. as dynasty players, what are we doing at this point? And, and again, Drew, you're, you're one of the best people to, to know because you have the insight on the, on the legal side. I've got a few recent trades here. These are trades that have happened in real dynasty leagues. Uh, here's one from a super flex league, Deshaun Watson and a first rounder along with Philip Lindsay for Justin Herbert. So you're talking about Watson, a first and a throw in for Justin Herbert. Wow. Yeah. That that is Pricey. that's that's yeah, that well, so here's my thing and this is a, your 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 listeners may not love this, but I really feel like he's a hold and you know Ryan me and you were talking about a possible trade for him not long ago yeah. and I told you yeah. I had a I had a huge concern about what was going to happen but at the same time I'm not sure this is necessarily knocking him out this year and I'm not sure that this is a career ender if he handles it the right way now he may he may not that's a completely different discussion but I don't know that getting rid of him right now is your best play because it's his value is for an off season situation we are he's hitting he's hitting the the trough right now he's hitting the absolute bottom right now and i just don't know that dealing him is the smart thing that's that's my opinion i i think he's a hold right now i don't know why you would want to try to dump him when he's that young so that's my opinion so even if things go very bad for watson there's still a legit chance he plays football again in his life right 100 percent i i i I think it's going to depend on his response to whatever is coming. Because like I always tell my clients, if you get up there and you deny, 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 judges cannot stand that. And Roger Goodell is no exception. If he, if the NFL has some credible evidence or testimony and feels like they've got something against him and he continues to deny, that's when things get really bad for him. But I think if he handles it correctly, then it's possible he mitigates the damage and he's even on the field most of this year. 
Drew, if the price is low enough in a super flex dynasty league, are you buying Deshaun Watson? Yes. Yes. That's a heavy sigh. Yes. I understand. Another recent trade, Jared Goff and Corey Davis for Deshaun Watson and a third rounder. I went that Watson side. It's sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Right. That's what I mean. And, And again, we're putting aside the, the difficult nature of this. And, and I think that th- there might be an opportunity. Like I said, I think it's a hold, but at the same time, you're getting a deal like that. I, I really don't think it's over for him quite yet. Still evolving. It, it seems like a conversation. I think Watson starts more games in his career than Goff. Goff might be a backup next year. That's <laughs> probably true. I One agree. more I noticed, uh, and this is a super flex league, Deshaun Watson for Ronald Jones and Cole Komet. So dynasty players are certainly – Certainly worried about Deshaun Watson and his future, uh, as they should be, based on what you told us, Drew. But it also sounds like there might be an opportunity if you uh, if you find somebody in your league who really is panicking. Uh, Drew, you're closer to being a buyer than a seller. That's where I am as well. Did you say for Ronald Jones and Cole Komet? That's it. That was the trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean, though. You got to look that look for that stuff. I, I agree. Drew, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your expertise in uh, on this tough topic. We definitely appreciate it. Guys, that is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. And I'm Ryan, MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.